Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill. Uh, big news. Um, big news. I just, this is the biggest news that's happened in maybe years. Uh, OU football, OU in Texas going to the SEC. Um, and we'll just start by asking how everybody feels about this. Alex, how do you feel about this? So, I am just completely 100% all in on this idea. Uh, I was hesitant at first. Um, I think all three of you guys played a, played a role in kind of talking me into it somewhat at the beginning because I might have been even the most hesitant at first. But the more I've, I've thought about it, I've, I've just become 100% in love with this idea. Okay. Um, we'll come back to that because i'd like you to explain what your initial hesitations were but uh sam which it's usually it's it's weird because i feel like the the hesitations would normally be reserved for me like i feel like that would normally be my role in the whole thing and alex would be like fuck yeah let's do it from the start um and i necessarily when it first came about i was really indifferent i mean i see the reasons to do it i also understand all the backlash for i mean you are making this move, you are admitting that it is about the money. Like that's really the biggest incentive is there's a bigger pot to get money from in the SEC. There's more recognition. Um, I'm, I'm cool with it. I think it would be exciting to get some new blood coming into Norman, getting to travel two games. I think one of the things that I have regrettably found myself saying a lot in the past few years is like, you can definitely criticize the game day atmosphere in Norman. Like it is, it is kind of lacking. If we're being honest, the games don't get too exciting and for good reason. Like this, the, we have Texas tech and Kansas state coming to Norman. The, every game we play, you either expect a, I mean, you expect a blowout. So if it's, if it is a blowout, that is your expectation. Your expectations are boring. If it's not a blowout and you win, you're mad that we won, but not by big enough. Um, or if it's an upset loss, then obviously that's the worst case scenario. So I think game days in Norman have been kind of lacking due to the lack of marquee matchups the past few years. Um, that reinvigorates that. The school makes more money. Hopefully that translates to the players making more money. And I think in the long term, uh, it could be a great, great move. Okay. Nathan. What's your take? Uh, I think it's absolutely the right way to go now. Um, the only hesitation before this was it's a 14 playoff and that's a juggernaut of a conference. Now we can say that officially, even we don't even have to uh, hold it back. I mean, we all know it's the best conference in, in college football. It has the most uh, quality teams. It has the best recruiting. It has, you know, the hardest venues to play in. Um, and so at, or going to that league whenever it's just a four-team playoff, all of a sudden it's much harder to go 11-1, and 12-0, and get into that playoff. But now with the extreme likelihood of moving to a 12-team playoff in the future, that kind of goes out the window. Now it's much more feasible of a 10-2 and two team making the playoff. The SEC will probably have three, four teams in the playoff just about every year. And so then you can start to look at, okay, look at all the other benefits of moving to that league. Uh, you, you get 
a drastic increase of money each year. And what that can do is you're able to start building out support staff. You're able to start funneling that money into needed stadium renovations, needed off-field, you know, just the the many things that you need, training facilities, all all that stuff. Even your uh, ancillary sports like softball and all that start to get a boost from moving to this league. It's a huge uh, benefit. And then let's be frank, being in the Big 12 has been um, an albatross that's weighing down Oklahoma's uh, recruiting potential. Yes, they've recruited well. Yes, they've been top 10 level recruiting, but there's always the but they're in the Big 12. And some recruits, frankly, see that as a negative or maybe more to the point they see the SEC as an extreme positive. And if they want to play against the best, they go to the SEC. We've seen A&M's gotten a big boost simply because they have SEC on their chest. So you get all of these benefits of moving to the to this league. And if the major downside of moving to the league the fact that it's more difficult, the fact that it's a higher quality of opponent, the fact that Oklahoma is no longer the big dog in the league like they've been for the last 20 years in the Big 12. Alabama's the big dog, and they're on the second tier. That's not as uh, much of a downside because the the playoff is expanding. They're going to still have a shot even if they drop a game, even if they drop, top, drop two games. So – I think it's extremely smart. It's the best move for Oklahoma. And yeah, it sucks that the other big 12 teams are kind of have to be, you know, they're kind of left to flounder and do what they can to survive. But that's the name of the game. Oklahoma has to look out for Oklahoma. And that's what, the, that's what they seem to be doing. Yeah. And that's my only hesitation on it. Now, uh, as a guy, I have Oklahoma state alums uh, in my family um, people I'm close personal friends with one that is on this podcast that I don't think he cares too much about Oklahoma state football, but you know, I, I know those people and as patronizing it is, it is, I want OU to still take care of little brother a little bit there. And like I said, they, they shouldn't need that. They shouldn't want that, but I think they do need that. And it'll be interesting to see how Oklahoma state specifically fares um, if OU and Texas leave and you know, leave the other eight teams in Big 12 to fend for themselves, um, it'll, it'll just be uh, something to monitor as that carries forward. So I have a, a question that you know I really just kind of thought about as you were talking about Oklahoma State. So A&M, they kind of built their brand as this, like they broke away from Texas, who had you know was just a historically more successful program. You know, not to the extent of OU and OSU, but couldn't there be a maybe a similar type of thing for OSU where let's say they join the Pac-12? Like if they could build their brand away from Oklahoma where they're not getting their ass kicked by OU every year, because it's that's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen as long as they play like, you know, if OSU gets to go to the Pac-12, people in Oklahoma care more about football even at OSU than they do on the West coast OSU might be able to kind of build something in the PAC 12 that they weren't able to build because they were going up against Oklahoma and Texas who are just incredibly more. They just have infinitely more resources than Oklahoma state. But I don't think that other than like the USC's, maybe the Oregon's, I think OSU stands toe to toe with pretty much any other PAC 12 program and, you know, not saying that they're just going to like 
you know, definitely go to the Pac-12 or something. But if like if OSU could go over there, maybe that is what is best for them as a program rather than just being tied to OU and just being like mm. they've got that little brother moniker. It was great for AM to be able to talk about, hey, we are we're the SEC Texas school. OSU could be the school that goes out to the West Coast and recruits guys because we're the we're the team in the middle of the country that is can you can come and play with there. You know what I mean? Right. And Go I ahead. think you just you just find out that is did Texas AM build this brand simply because they're separate from Texas, or did they build this brand because it just means more now? Like <laughs> what what would they build it off of? Yeah. You know, I think it's you, the latter. Yeah, I, and you can, I think it's ahead. more the power of the league than AM doing anything in particular. It's yeah, I, I because I think the SEC overrides anything AM has done. No one cares. AM isn't that special. It's 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 the SEC, it's a better league. I'm gonna go play there. And that's why I don't they might be able to get some differentiation just from moving to the Pac 12, but I mean that's that's not that's like the least talked about league in college football now. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a boost they'd really get outside of just being able to ca- recruit California a little better. Yeah, I will but, say um, that I think there is a mile of difference between being the SEC school in Texas, like the school in the football conference in the football state and being the Pac-12 school in Oklahoma, like, I don't think they will see that sort of success. But I do think you're right that, like, as a program, OSU OSU goes to the Pac-12, they're immediately, like, a divisional contender. Like, Yeah, and I guess that's really where my point was more based around. It wasn't necessarily that, like, oh, they're going to be, like, this – hot commodity because they're in the Pac-12 and they're in Oklahoma. I'm that's not what I'm saying, but like the fact is the Pac-12 is not a serious football conference if we're being completely honest, right? OSU is pretty serious about being good at football. You know, they have great facilities. They have a lot of good things going. The problem with OSU is that like they are not Oklahoma and it's not even close. They're never right. going to be, you know, like so I think you know, if, if we're talking about taking care of Oklahoma State, like, I don't think it would be good for them if, like, oh, actually, it turns out it's going to be OU, OSU, and Texas to the SEC. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. then they're going to go to the SEC. They're still going to get their ass kicked by Oklahoma, and they're going to play about six or seven other programs that are way better than them, you know, semi-annually. You know yeah, what I mean? This, so, this is the this is the perfect excuse for them to get an automatic loss off the schedule every year. Like cut the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like I know that they they think it's important, but why is why is a thing that you've lost 90, it's like 90 and 18 or something? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know what the record is. It's the most lopsided rivalry in college football. You know, like just get rid of it. You know, you guys don't need it. We don't need it. You know, like I like I was at OSU very recently. Bedlam week was not much of a thing at OSU because it was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to lose. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to lose. It's there. It wasn't like, oh, this is our year. Yay. We're so excited for Bedlam. It was we're going to lose. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's it's like you're you're really onto something with them moving to the Pac-12. Like it should not be like there is a very clear and obvious path for Oklahoma state to like boost their relevance. Cause like, if you were good at your job, 
you know, you hear a, the phrase, a league that lacks enthusiasm, and you, you should be thinking a league with the opportunity for growth. Like you have the chance to spark something in the Pac-12. It shouldn't be that hard of a sell to get, you know, there, I'm sure there are plenty of Texas kids that would like the opportunity to play in California more. And like, yeah, it worked for AM that they got all the Texas kids that they that wanted to play against Bama and play in the SEC. But there's got to be a, a decent amount of kids that want to play on the West Coast and be in California and have that. And then you have Oregon out there. Like if if anyone is good at their job, you know, Oklahoma State is a pretty big Nike school. Also, they have fairly iconic Nike uniforms that they change out every year. Um, now that, you know, businesses and brands can more obviously put money into college football, like Nike should want to build up Oregon as well as building up Oklahoma state. It's like, there is a lot of room for potential in the PAC 12 for them. As long as, you know, you cut ties, you move over there, you take the opportunity instead of like pouting that Oklahoma didn't consult you before they left you high and dry, like just roll with it. If you're good at your job. I think the other thing about the Pac-12 that kind of makes sense for Oklahoma State um, is that the Pac-12 has, I mean, for years and years now, been the Olympics conference, right? It's mm-hmm. been the place for track and field with Oregon and USC. And OSU's best sport, indisputably, is wrestling, um, which would fit, like, that fits right in in that. And, like, obviously, like, I think you'll find more, um, like, desire for wrestling in the southeast but it's an olympic sport like this is another thing for the pac-12 to add to its um little collection of Mm -hmm. you know side sports that go to japan yeah the the thing about going to the pac-12 though is they'll they'll probably they have a very good shot of being the third best team year in year out in the pac-12 of they'll probably be behind oregon they'll probably be behind usc it's not really that different than the Big Twelve. Um, so how how much are they really gaining? Uh, well, I think and maybe that's and maybe that's what they want. They want to tread water and just simply not lose in this situation. Um, yeah, I kind of think well, that's what all of the teams that are going to be yeah. left holding the Big Twelve bag are going to just be yeah just don't for. get dropped to the AAC. I think yeah. maybe that's the right. major goal is don't backslide. With the and exception of the case, yeah, with the exception of Kansas, like which is the only other program in the Big 12 that has a premier sports program worth shopping yeah. around. Um, well, Baylor just wanted right. men's basketball basketball title, right? But they're not Kansas, yeah. But even yeah. still, I saw something that I'm trying to find a tweet to send you guys right now that you know, football still reigns king, obviously, you guys know that, but to put in perspective, like. Kansas football still made more money than Kansas basketball last year. And obviously college athletics programs have been cooking the books forever to make things look how they want. And you factor in, you know, that Kansas football is getting OU football kind of money. Um, Yeah. At the end of the day, Kansas, who is a top three, four blue blood college basketball program, even still their bottom I mean, bottom 10 of all division one football program competes financially with their basketball team. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's the, the basketball for Kansas is nice, but yeah, even Baylor who, like we said, just won a national championship that their basketball team can barely even be factored into a financial conversation. Yeah. Right. Baylor, by the way, I think is the program that gets screwed. Um, and who gives a fuck? 
Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't think really the Pac-12 will let them join with their religious affiliations, which is absolutely fair. Um, yeah, the same with TCU. TCU is slightly different um, because, I mean, they're yeah, they're, I mean, it's in the name, so. but it's literally just in the name. Other than that, it's a secular institution. Um, but it, I mean, that could still absolutely be a hangup. I think a bigger hangup for TCU is that they're microscopic. Um, yeah. Right, they're very small. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad that we got to the important stuff first um, on this podcast. You know, definitely. What happens should... to Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Baylor? Yes, that is that's definitely the the important topic. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> yes. And, and I guess back to the Oklahoma perspective, you know, you asked like, you know, what the hesitations were and what kind of got me out of that earlier. And, and I guess really at the end of the day, I looked at, at it as a situation of what is OU gaining from the big 12? You know, yes, we win the conference every year. We win, we have this really, I love talking about the six conference championships in a row. Um, but, you know, again, at the end of the day, nobody really cares outside of Oklahoma fans really cares yeah. about us having won six conference championships in a row. You know, yeah. I think people take that less seriously than Clemson winning six and you know, I'm, I'm in glad an arguably just, weaker conference. I'm glad you said that because if, if they make this move, um, and Sam, Sam kind of mentioned this earlier, where we're playing these schools that, if you, if you don't win by enough, it's, it's a negative. If you win, you know, if you lose, it's a massive blow. Oh, you won't have to apologize for winning anymore or winning well by seven because they're not playing schools that no one respects nationally. Um, and we've all seen what Iowa State's done recently and how well they've started playing, but nationally they still, no one really respects them, especially the SEC. If OU moves to this league, um, they'll gain national credit simply by winning games in a heart and what's perceived as a harder league. Right. Uh, and it's something that selfishly I I'm glad I'll be glad to see it just because I get tired of the national narrative of, you know, what the big 12 is perceived as, but it's also something where if you win the sec, you know, where you stack as a team. And if, say OU were to go 12 and 0 this year, there's still going to be a question mark of, are they actually that good whenever they get to the playoff, partly because of past performances and partly because the big 12 is simply, simply perceived as not that good. Um, So if they were to win the sec or go 11 and one and lose in the conference championship and still make the playoff, we're still going to know that they're a pretty damn good team. Right. Well, and you know, you talked about, you know, if we go 12 and 0 this year, you know, obviously we'll all feel great about it. You know, that'll be the first mm-hmm. time we've done that. But there will be like, even for OU fans, there'll be a, a question mark going into the playoff. You know, like, yeah, shit, now I we would, have to I play. Would be, yeah, it's like, do are we actually good enough? Like, I would right. wonder that. Because who's the best team yeah. we're going to play this year? It's Iowa State. And exactly. No, right. Nothing against Iowa State, but that's not Ohio State. Um, right. No. And here's the thing about the Big 12 is that I just don't understand why we should have any loyalty to it at all. It's a dog shit organization. It's an albatross that has hung around our team's neck for years now. Um, It's wholly subsidized by OU in Texas. Like I saw like, I mean, I get 
feeling bad for the farm schools for Kansas State and Iowa State and to some degree Oklahoma State, like the schools that are going to have difficulty establishing a national brand when this all collapses. But the reality is like right now, Iowa State's like the second best team in the conference. And it's like they're essentially subsidized by us. They're like like the like there's discussions like how are they going to pay Matt Campbell when they're in the AAC? And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, why is OU paying for their coach? Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, and it's oh, yeah. like the, the media rights deals are terrible. No one likes Sinclair media. No one likes the fact that we're doing business with those awful people. Um, the, uh, kickoff times are garbage. We all know that the kickoff times are garbage, even though honestly, as a fan, 11, a kickoffs, 11 and a 11 AM kickoffs, sorry really not that bad of a thing but they're super annoying for the program i'm sure and they're frustrating to plan recruiting visits they're not bad if you if you don't go to the game oh exactly yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. they're extremely good on the west coast because you stroll um but yeah exactly like it's it's, exactly it's just like it's awesome yeah so i um i just i don't understand where like we're supposed to find the sympathy in our hearts to keep this stupid organization that only survives because we permit it to to continue to exist like yeah to our detriment yeah i i 100 agree yeah i i 100 agree with you and i think that the like i i could not you know i thought that the the Bowlesby comments out, you know, I thought that was like a weird take to have from him, you know, and I know that it's like technically true, but it's like, dude, your premier program is mad. Yeah. And you're like, well, well, that's the the contract. It's (laughs) like the big 12 did not do very much to keep its, you know, biggest names happy. Uh, Right. (laughs) It's like, Oh, you in Texas, everything to this pro. Like, I don't, there's nothing the Big 12 can do to keep them happy. It's not a viable conference for what OU and Texas want out yeah. of it. Um, and the SEC is. Like, it just makes 100%. sense. 100%. Um, and I will say, part of the conference loyalty thing rankles me because it's like, everyone's like, are we really going to give up on the Big 12? to go to the sec that conference we hate and it's like first off like let's maybe you hated them um and i mean the thing about that is what you're asking for is conference loyalty which is the thing everybody supposedly hated about the SEC. You're asking OU to put the entrance of the con- interests of the conference ahead of the interests of the school. Um, which is like literally the thing everyone complained about with the SEC. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, the w- w- as as far as it goes with with OU to the SEC, I think that you know, like you said, we, we're not going to be propping up a conference anymore, right? We're going to be one of several others. I mean, the there's been ridiculous. National football, national college football writers that have been talking about, oh, you going to go from the best to like the fourth best program. 
in the SEC, which is just fucking stupid. I don't, you know, not seeing people seriously. Um, but now we get to, you know, the money is also just a massive thing, right? Like, I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it seemed like $30 million a year more from the TV contract that the SECs have now that they're not with, with CBS anymore. Um, that's insane. You know, Nathan mentioned that, like, you know, now we're going to be able to have better support staff. Now we're going to have, you know, uh, the, the money will be dispersed throughout the athletic program a lot better. And also to win a national championship, you have to compete with SECC programs. And if you're trying to do that with $30 million a year less money, that's going to be really fucking hard, you know? And so now not only are, do we have that money, but we also measure ourselves against that every single season now. And, and me, you know, being a gambling man, the thing with competing with the SEC, you know, we, we have played them many times the past few years. We, you know, lost to a couple SEC teams in the playoffs. We beat Auburn and uh, Florida in bowl games. And it's like whenever you just play the SEC for one game a year or every other year even, like there's just so much more room for variance. Like college football is probably the most random sport there is. Like it is the sport that has the least predictable outcome most over the over the long course of things, not over the one game. So, but over the course of one game as well. Like if you just have the one, anything can happen. I mean, college basketball is the other sport that obviously comes to mind with the biggest upsets, but when you just get one game a year against the SEC, like you have the chance to lose said one game. And then that is the perspective of your team versus the SEC. I am confident in the world. If you have a full, you know, 12, 13 game sample size against the similar competition that the SEC is playing and against those SEC teams, you might drop one, but you are going to, level out like over the course of that schedule you i'm confident that oklahoma is going to prove that they can more than just hang with an sec schedule yeah i agree and it, it forces ou to modernize or maybe not modernize but to expand all the other stuff that some of those uh, teams do go look at what alabama has as a, as a support staff and compare it to what ou does it's night and day they have I would say two dozen more people on staff than OU does just to support staff. Right. Um, I mean, we talk about Nick's like wayward home for lost coaches, Yeah, but like the reality is, yeah, that's every single one of those is two more eyeballs to be looking at film. Exactly. And so if OU is, it will force OU to, you know, expand support staff, expand recruiting practices and the money that they infuse into recruiting. Um, it will, you know, there's just so many benefits. We can just continue to list them off, but there's so much off field stuff that this helps um, or will force OU to improve. There's because if they don't, they will get, you know, it'll be exposed yeah. and they have to if they want to keep up. So it exactly. Yeah. Honestly, and that's the thing the only, with, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just said that that's the thing with all those joke pundits, you know, saying, Oh, you know, welcome the fourth best team in the sec now or whatever. Like, sure. You can, if you want to make an argument for Georgia and LSU being ahead of Oklahoma, then 
sure, you can make that argument, and then somebody else could easily make the argument back that Oklahoma is better. In reality, we all are sensible people. We know that they're the same tier of team. Like OU, sure, we lost the Rose Bowl, but OU is obviously competing with Georgia as far as a program. Even though LSU won the national championship, you know, they have horrible years like last year. Yeah. They've had very mediocre years before that. It's like you can say those programs are all in the same tier, and that's with the budget and the resources that OU is operating with now. It's like if you just increase that, like we're talking about, it is, you know, you're, you have a very high chance of putting yourself into your own second tier above yeah. those teams and probably not rivaling Alabama because, you know, that train is just rolling way too fast right now and it's going to be damn right. near impossible to catch up to it. But you can easily set yourself ahead of Georgia and Auburn and LSU and all those teams. Yeah, I think that also as in regards to comparing OU to those other programs, OU is just a much more stable place than those other schools. Yeah. I mean, Georgia is inarguably probably the second most consistent program in the in the SEC, and they're coached by Kirby fucking smart, right? Yeah. LSU is a roller coaster. You never know what's going to happen. They might be a Death Star for one year, but then they suck the next year. Right. right, and they might get the death penalty, right? Because exactly. they're garbage like, or they, garbage organization. Yeah, it's like death or death penalty. It's Dan on Bull, the table so. with LSU. Yeah. yeah, and like Georgia, right. like we talk about Georgia's consistency. Georgia hasn't won shit in like two decades. Yeah, longer than that, like yeah. four decades. And talk, yeah. it doesn't matter. They they recruit better than us, right? Yeah, yeah it's because they're in Georgia, but they haven't won a title since 1980, and they've won the. Before 2018, or excuse me, 2017, when they won the SEC, the last time they had won it was 2005. Like, it's they recruit extremely well, but um, until last year, really, their offense was stuck in the Stone Age, and they were they were kind of doing the Michigan thing, except they were way more talented. Um, yeah. It, the, the clear so thing is Alabama is on the highest possible tier, and then there's a logjam in that second bracket. You know, you can absolutely be on the top of that second bracket. I do think it's going to be really interesting, though, to see OU fans have to recalibrate their brains and be able to accept that they are no longer the premier program at a conference, though, because in my lifetime, you know, since I've started paying attention, that's not ever been the case. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, you can't go, OU's probably not going to win multiple conference championships in a row. No. I mean, at most, you win two. If, if they won two out of five four. years, that would be a great yeah. run. Yeah. Incredible. But the Incredible reality of it run. is like what won't happen is getting Nebraska. Like right. that's just not oh. going to happen. Mm. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, any, I think, any downside that's possible is just like OU is in a position where there's really no downside to this move. Right. Like that's realistic. Yeah. And the other thing, like we've talked about recruiting. Um but that is a landscape that is rapidly shifting because of the NIL. And I feel like it's important to talk about the NIL rulings uh, with regards to this move. Like, I don't know what Spencer Rattler's getting paid by Raising Canes, but, and I don't know, you know, if um, Saban was being serious when he said that Bryce was approaching seven figures, but, you know, I, yeah. there's just clearly more money for our players to make in the SEC. Well, think about all the eyeballs that are on that conference every week compared to the Pac-12. It's there's not even it's not even really the same metric. You know, it, if you 
And I don't know about you guys, but every every the SEC game of the week, I always feel it's just like produced better. It just looks better. Yeah. I don't know why. And now, hey, now Gary Danielson will actually like us. So look at that. <laughs> well, so, hold on. There's isn't, so many benefits. Isn't the SEC leaving CBS? Did I not? Oh, is it? I, make... I didn't even know. Um, it, I, I think it was up in the air. I don't know. It, are they officially leaving CBS? I mean, you could be right on that. But I, I thought it was leaving C- CBS. The only place they're going is Disney. Like it's yeah, it's ESPN, and they're going to make way more money as a result. Uh-huh. I think that's what happened. Which is well, anyway, why the, I, I just the gap that was that getting game bigger. Is like outside of like whatever the the game day game is. That's usually like probably the game that most people focus on is whatever sure. that game is, yeah. mm-hmm. and it always looks amazing. And it gets, you know, tons of draw and especially and now we're going to have games where we're playing LSU and we're playing A&M and we're playing Alabama and Auburn. And that's just going to be so many more viewers than, you know, Kansas at 230 or shit, probably 11. So, yeah, I think it drives up, you know, interest and it drives up, you know, Relique Brown signing with, you know, Bojangles. I don't know. All the options of those kids moving forward or I think they're just going to be expanded. Well, and, and if you just yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, like the the environment that we play in in the Big Twelve is like it's kind of high school compared to what the SEC is. <laughs> Speaking you <know>? of Kansas, <laughs> right? Have you, like, have you guys been to Lawrence? It's literally yeah. You can hear yeah. like individual clapping. So <laughs> Kansas is garbage. Kansas State. It's a nice little atmosphere, but that's what the Big 12 is. It's a lot of nice little atmospheres. You go up to Ames. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's 50,000 people here. Yay. Yeah. You know, yeah, the- you go down to Lubbock. They're mean, but there's not that many of them. The fact that we don't get to play in Austin, there are zero big venues for OU to play in in the Big 12 other than home games. And then you've got the the Red River game. But and then every week in the SEC, you know, you go down to Ole Miss. It's like a freaking madhouse down there. Start. Well, think of, they've got the cowbells. Yeah, right. Think about and, what that game in Knoxville was like. Right. Know? Exactly. And, yeah. and there's a degree to which I feel like especially people who've gotten used to the Big 12 and who don't understand like the difference in scale between the American West and the American East and Southeast, all of those places in the SEC are pretty close to each other. Um, like Starkville is like a, is like 40 miles from Tuscaloosa. You know, nothing wow. is particularly far from Atlanta except for like Mizzou. Um, you know, the, the reality is like all of those stadiums are way closer to places where a lot of people live. Um, in a way that like Lubbock simply cannot be, in a way that Ames simply cannot be. The scale of the Big 12, it, like geographically, uh, like really limits the degree to which like these games can be big events. Um, and also limits the degree to which like in terms of recruits coming to games, um, not even on just recruiting visits, but just like people who are interested in football going to football games. Right. Like there's just so much more opportunity to do that in so many different places in the SEC. Whereas ultimately, like apart from the Red River game, I don't think there are any games OU plays um, away games that are not like actively harming or recruiting. Yeah, they're not, yeah. It's not that exciting. Like we're not getting guys in Lawrence. We're not getting guys in Manhattan. We're not getting guys in Ames. We're not getting guys in Lubbock. We can get some guys in Dallas. 
and that's it. I, I don't remember what the ranking was, but OU is going from a league where their stadium's the second biggest to I think it's like the seventh or eighth. The, the, the point is the 85,000-person stadium is no longer big, but it's just kind of run up the mill. Yeah. You know, yeah. right. that is the difference that they're going to is they're going to just a league that cares and there's so much more fan involvement. And frankly, it, it's a league that they fit in better because right. uh, look, there's a bunch of other schools that actually give a shit too. Well, and I think, I think Sam said it perfectly earlier where he was talking about the game day atmosphere at OU mm-hmm. and, you know, I've been to, almost all of the home games that you've played in the last 10 years. And, you know, I love OU football there. I can count on one hand how many times I thought the atmosphere was really, really good at an OU game. I think the Ohio state game was fantastic. Even though we got our asses kicked, there was a TCU game, I think in 2015 where the atmosphere was really good because it was like the playoff was like on the line. Exactly. Yeah, Stephen Parker bat down the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 2018 TCU and Notre Dame 2012 well, Notre Dame. Yeah. that we also got our asses kicked in. <laughs> like that's like four times that I can think of. Yeah. And, and that's like I think, a completely different era of college football too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that if if you bring in fucking Georgia or even fucking Texas A and M. Oh god. That's yeah. That shit's going to go wild in Norman. Like people are going to be extremely excited. It's not just going to be like the run of the mill, you know, oh we're still talking about Texas Tech from 2008. That's not going to happen anymore. If you got Alabama coming to town, that place is going to be going nuts. You yeah, know? even the and, second tier, you know, they're really the third tier teams, the yeah. old misses, you know, that's yeah. really interesting. That's way right. more interesting than Kansas State. So mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just, there's such an infusion of energy and uh, season tickets are going to fly off the shelves. You know, if they have, if they're having any struggles post uh, COVID, you know, of selling anything that this will absolutely be an infusion of uh, excitement and people have money and energy and donors and everything flowing into the program. And I'm at like, if we played at least one game in Mississippi every year, like that's a radical change in terms of recruiting footprint. Right. Oh yeah. It, uh, the, uh, the opportunity of opening up Florida and Georgia, especially Georgia, we already mm-hmm. recruit Florida, but Georgia, the Atlanta Metro. I mean, yeah. there are 45, 50 kids every year that are, you know, blue chips could come out of basically just Atlanta's footprint. Um, yeah. That's why Georgia recruits so well. So you had, you know, he's done it some like Trey Sermon, was out of Georgia, but they kind of cherry pick. And yeah, and all we're, we're going to find out. Is, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just say we're going to find out really quick if the SEC propaganda machine is like too hard to crack at this point, because it is like it does not take a huge jump from for OU in recruiting to like you can easily see a future where we're the second best recruiting class in the country every year because of this. We saw. Like Nathan yeah. mentioned earlier, we saw what happened for Texas A&M, and obviously they had a bigger gap to fill from where they were when they left the Big 12 to where they are now. But the fact that they can be a you know number six, yeah. you know top five recruiting class, 
Like it does not take, it takes one or two stolen recruits in that Florida, Georgia, Mississippi area to, you know, get up there is, I mean, more than feasible. Yeah. I really think they're going to go from hanging around in that eight spot to hanging in the, having a chance to be in that top five, you know, basically every year. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, because at this point, it's such a big boost. Yeah. The pitch is like, hey, you get to play on the team with the best quarterback in the league every year. You get to do it in the SEC (laughs) and you get to do it wearing Jordans. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it'll, it'll just be a fight of like, you know, do do Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Texas A&M band together and just like, you know, their whole recruiting pitch is just anti-OU now. To, you know, they they spread the propaganda of OU not being a real SEC team. Like how if those schools are going to have to actively fight with their propaganda to keep OU out of the number two spot. I mean, that's what well, it's going to take yeah, from them. That's the thing. That's one of the probably the biggest reason A&M is so anti this move. And I know they have the, the history with Texas, obviously, but they're losing the one thing that kind of made them special for the last 10 years. Um, mm. And they're desperately trying to hold on to it because, yeah. and somebody, I think it was Alex mentioned, Oh, this allowed them to have uh, their own identity away from Texas. That's actually something their AD said we've yeah. been able to establish an identity as if they didn't have one before. And it's true. They didn't have an identity before. And now right. they're the they're only being weird being fucking weird. Oh well, yeah. yeah. They're, they're a cult and they're the strangest universe. There's we, this could be a whole podcast of just right. like talking shit right. on it. But <laughs> like, well, uh, do, do we, do we have more OU things to say? Because I would like to go in on the, like from the sec school perspective and especially Texas A&M. Alex, what, what more, are you? I've yeah. got I've got another another OU thing, and and it is in relation to recruiting. Um, I think OU is you know three or four years ago, I think that this would have been a really scary as hell move, right? I don't think I would have been able to be convinced that it was a good move, but the way I've seen OU recruiting move in the past, just the past couple of years, mm-hmm. I think that we are infinitely more equipped to be because honestly. There was a non-zero, there's a non-zero chance that OU could have put together the number one class in the country in 2023 without the SEC move, you know? And the fact that I see that as kind of how we're going um, recruiting-wise, I look at our staff and there's no shit recruiters on it. Everyone can recruit. We've got a defense that recruits really well. Um, I think we're ready for that move to the SEC. And there's already been, you know, recruiting reporters on, you know, rivals talk, you know, get quotes from recruits talking about how exciting it would be um, for OU to be in the big in the SEC. And if OU, like Nathan said, if you move OU from getting eight and sometimes even outside of top 10, because we take smaller classes sometimes, if you move that from eight to like three consistently, three to five and maybe in like an incredible year, you get one or two, you know, and you're still getting the best quarterback in the country pretty much every other year. You're competing with anyone, you know, we we talk about Alabama being the death star, but you're not scared of Alabama at that point. You know, you're going to, you're going to feel good going into every game that you play that you are equally as talented. You're equally as equipped to win this game. If you move that up. And I think the sec allows you to do that. Whereas, like I said, with the big 12, not giving us something, the Big 12 doesn't allow you to do that. No, the Big you know? 12 actively hurts us. We recruit well in spite of the Big 12. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Alex nailed it perfectly. It's a perfectly timed move. 
It's yeah. definitely not too hasty. We're not like scrambling, but it is like we, we're glad we didn't do it a couple of years ago. You feel good about the position you're in right now. Yeah. You're probably doing it at the perfect time. I think we're kind of finding out like Joe C is pretty good at his job. Like we've known yeah. for a while. We we are blessed with a a functioning athletic director. I mean, everything he's done has just seemed sensible, really. Um, but that is you know, hard to come by with college athletic directors. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, perfectly yeah, this, time jump to the SEC. If this was the tail end of the Bob regime, it would be a different conversation, mm-hmm. but it's not. So, and also, I, I just can't reiterate enough: oh, you would not be making this move if they did not believe the twelve-team playoff was happening. So that Absolutely. is allowing them to get over that big downside and see all the other things that this brings them. Also, you guys, were, frankly, frankly, making the fourteen playoff was not really doing anything for them at this point either. It's true. It's yeah, true. Because if they yeah, don't we win were... the game, that it it might even be said that it could hurt them. Right. So, it's yeah. it's it validates everything people say about Oklahoma and the Big Twelve. Yeah. And we and we were we were seriously getting to that point. We talked about on this podcast a lot. I've felt that way a lot. That you know, it's great to want to make it as far as possible, but it, it, there comes a time where OU is going to get the reputation of oh, they they can't win cupcake conference. Yeah can't win when they play the big boys. And like I said, when you get one game against solid competition, like that is going to happen and you end up on the wrong side of a couple coin flips and that's all it takes. So mm-hmm. yeah. Even, yeah. Great point with the 14 playoff, even if that were the case. And you guys were talking about, you know, three or four SEC team. It might be more like five or six in a fucking 12 team. <laughs> yeah, I was like, trying to be conservative. But yeah. With this SEC, it's going to have 16 teams in it. You might be able to go fucking nine and three and make the playoff in this SEC, you know, like, yeah. like imagine if Florida only lost to Georgia, Bama and Oklahoma, like how could you, t- how right. could you say that that's a bad team? Yeah. And you still have like a, a win against like Auburn and LSU or something like yeah. you still have probably more quality wins than a, a Pac-12 team. You know? they still have like, Todd Grant them? That's the question. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that might be. The, la- the last point I have with, with OU specifically, I mean, like I said, at first, you know, I was because the Big 12 has been just like a free run. You know, it's been a, it's we've it's gotten to the point in the Big 12 where if OU doesn't win, there's a problem. Yeah, it's a, it, that know? would be a massive failure. Yeah. And I'm excited for the idea of getting to a program or to a conference that you actually win when you win. Because right now, right. when we win, it's just like, oh, thank God. It would have been embarrassing to yeah, lose to, right. to Iowa State in the you're Big 12 re- You're more relieved game. than excited whenever exactly. you win the Big 12. It's like, oh, we didn't, you know, <laughs> fall short of expectations. <laughs> right. 100%. Like, it's it's definitely a, a huge upgrade. Sam, do you want to you rail on some Texas A&M? Or where, where I mean, did you want to go? I mean, all the time, it's <laughs> – it's very funny how they've approached this whole situation. Um, You know, the early reports that came out were that if they had a vote that Texas A&M and Missouri were prepared to vote no. Um, And I get it. It makes sense from Texas A&M's standpoint, like we've talked about. Yeah, they, they probably shouldn't want this, but you are just, you're not in a position to say no. And I think that's like their administration, I guess, you can say props to them for trying to spin it in a way that it looked like they could say no. Um, I think, you know, the, the report that came out was that 
the Texas A&M athletic director was mad that he wasn't consulted about this, which he doesn't explicitly say, but posits the, the operating theory that Greg Sankey talked to some of the SEC schools. I mean, you can't make this proposal without talking to anybody. So you would assume that this is implying that, you know, he talked to Alabama and Georgia and the important ones, but didn't talk to Texas A&M. So he's, he was blindsided by this. And that's either one, you're admitting that you are not viewed as important. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Two, you are admitting that you, your identity is that we are the Texas school in the SEC. Um, and you don't want to lose that. Embarrassing. And there's just like no good path for them to say no. And I think um, what, what my thought was, and this is completely baseless, but it seemed like uh, their athletic director maybe said that he wasn't consulted about uh, this change, knowing that no one was going to call his bluff. So then down the road, he's like, yeah, we're voting no on this proposal, not because we're scared, but because, you know, we were offended. We weren't talked to about it. And I think that was like maybe a political calculation he thought he could took or could take. And like I said, there was no really good uh, out for them with this happening, but still very funny for it to happen to them. Yeah. I think it's so also worth the- noting that uh, I, the reports that Mizzou was going to vote no seem to be uh, wrong. Uh, <laughs> right. It seems that pretty clear that Mizzou Kurt actually Bowles doesn't give a it. shit or uh, recognizes okay. that nobody gives a shit that they would give a shit. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's the so, thing. Like nobody, there's of all the SEC schools, there's really no reason to vote no. Um, like the the people that you could say might have a reason to vote no. That that same tier of school that we would be with, Florida, Auburn, LSU, they might want to vote no because yeah, OU is a very good chance of slotting in above you in the hierarchy, and Texas if they ever get some sort of competency should slot above you as well. It's so like that kind of the bottom of that second tier would might want to vote no, but those athletic directors and those programs, they know like that that is a coward's way out and they're probably full of themselves that they're not worried about those programs as they probably should be. So then you get to Texas A&M who is worried for the same reasons, but much more plausibly. And then you get to, you know, your Ole Misses, Mississippi States, Vanderbilt's, who have no reason to care about the competitive aspect and should be happy with the extra money that they're going to get. Yeah. So yeah, you pretty much just leave Texas A&M with the only one who probably should vote no and plausibly would want to vote no. Um, And it's very funny that they're in that position that they obviously should not have tried to do that and then did it anyway. (laughs) So if there's, if there's a single frustration that OU and I'm sure Texas fans have with A&M it's that they've spent the last decade acting like they were better than us because of their conference affiliation and what is amazing about this reaction by them is that they are confirming that for us they know that they're not anything compared to OU or Texas otherwise they like like you said with LSU and Georgia they'd be like yeah bring it on Bring it on. But the fact that they are so adamantly against it confirms everything that we already knew about Texas A&M as a football program is that they're fake as fuck. And the only reason why they were anything was because of the SEC. You know, again, I I said it earlier, it's their shiny thing. And now it's not so shiny anymore. 
Um, so all I know about A&M is the little brother energy that radiate, radiates out of College Station is brighter and stronger than any other place in the country. Um, it is the little brother school of all little brother schools. And frankly, I would be embarrassed if I went there, but I didn't, thankfully. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's that that honestly was a. A contributing factor to me getting excited about the move was that like AM could just like fucking go away. Like I'm I I'm mean, so tired of losing recruits to them because of Billy their Lucci was tweeting through it <laughs> the last yeah, year. That's what I was gonna say. So, the whole like the cognitive dissonance between Billy Lucci and the rest of Texags and like the people in their fan base that I've spoken to, like you know, personally and just you know, anecdotal. Uh, evidence from them is like it is so funny to see some of them justify it some of them say we're not scared some of them say you know the same the same things we've talked about they just wanted their identity is all they wanted texas is trying to copy them it's just yeah nathan nailed it the little brother energy is just off the charts right now with all of them yeah 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 fuck them fuck texas a&m <laughs> It's, I, um, I can't wait to play them. Can, can we talk I'm real quick? How many more years do they have on that contract with uh, Jimbo? I think it's their like 2027. 20, There's yeah, a 10 so year contract it, whenever it? he started. So, yeah. And it was all guaranteed money. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things, too, like if you just look at the coaches in the SEC, it's not exactly like a ridiculously great list of coaches. It's, right? it's Saban and I mean, <laughs> number two now currently Kirby. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you have to say it's Kirby, and it's like I don't know, we Josh don't really there. know a lot about Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So you got Nick Kirby Lane. Um, yeah, I think Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen. There's a lot. Strangely, there's actually some decent offensive minds. It's like uh-huh. kind of shifted, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Mark Stoops. <laughs> He's yeah, made Kentucky right? okay. Yeah. So he's okay. I he's guess. he's a good coach, but like it's not inarguable that the Big 12 has better coaches. No, I thought that top for to a bottom. while that the Big 12, you know, you know, has a pretty good list of coaches for the teams for that what they, they are. Coach yeah. At. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lincoln, Matt Campbell, um, what's his face at KSU? Like yeah, so even, yeah. even the new the those new would be those would be two, three, and four in the SEC. Lightpool, like, yeah. I thought was a strangely good hire for Kansas, yeah. you know, yeah. given everything. Even I think Neil Brown at West Virginia, like all of the hires, yeah. the new hires that the Big 12 has had are so much more inspired than all the retreads in the SEC, well, like Lane and Mike Leach. And think, and, I mean, and think about the innovations that have been coming out of the Big 12. I mean, Lincoln's offense is a huge one. Uh, what Hecox's done at ISU, I think, is, you know, extremely influential throughout the country um, as with what they've done, you know, defensively. Um and the SEC, they've existed more on talent advantage than schematic because they don't have to find ways to get around the corners because they, they're at a talent disadvantage. So more innovations come out of the Big 12 than I think in the SEC because they just have better players. They don't need it. Yeah, um, it's kind this of the basic thing. We're going to be we're going to be walking into a conference that is schematically like the middling parts of that conference are schematically not going to be prepared to stop OU's offense. It's going to be like Alabama was last year. Yeah. Against a lot of those teams, yeah. I think some of them, yeah. I, I think the SEC is getting more forward thinking just because they have like again, we, we could talk about Lane, what Sark was doing last year. Uh, but um I 
I think uh, there's still probably going to be a lot of three big ass linebackers out there mm-hmm. and we don't see that hardly ever in the big 12. So, right. It's not quite the big 10. It's further along than the big 10. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's interesting and we don't have to, I don't want to talk a lot about this. Do you think this will change the way OU recruits defense much? I think the I, I am a little concerned about size on the defensive line. Um, okay. Uh, and I know that, I just don't know. I'd be really interested to see if, you know, 280 pound defensive tackles could hold up against a 12 game schedule. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I think, what I, I think OU's doing year, right now. Yeah. This year will be really telling on that. I think if we hold our own and look okay, I think we probably just stay the course. And I mean, the way that OU is currently constructed, it might be like the perfect kryptonite for the SEC and other schools have to yeah. start changing what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, and there's the yeah, possibility it, we just get They're not really trying to hold blocks anymore. They're they're shooting gaps. So in that point, you know, it maybe it doesn't even matter that they're a little undersized because they're not trying to, you know, occupy space. They're trying to shoot through space. So right. and like the other thing is like if what we've predicted about the possibilities with OU's recruiting come true, like the guys in the defense are going to be big and fast that I, I mentioned that to Purdy, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I am excited to be able to watch defensive backs play defense now yeah. um, and not get called for it. <laughs> so if we can actually watch physicality and then for corners, it'll be nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For I, sure. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, the difference in officiating alone is going to be well, like, think about, I always go back to like, Oh, eight, whenever we played Florida and that deep shot where their safety just rocked, I think it was Manny Johnson in the chest and there was no flag. And it's like, that would have been a flag in the big 12, but it was called differently than what we were used to. And I think, Oh, you just never really recovered from that. And that's something that they will be able to be accustomed to um, in the, in the new league. And they'll be able to play with that physicality and not have to worry about getting flagged all the damn time. Yeah. Guys, this is awesome. This is going to be a great move. You know, yeah. like as long as you're able to not want to kill yourself every time OU doesn't win a conference championship, which I'm not saying any of us have that problem, but you know, if if you can recalibrate your expectations to yeah. when There's OU wins, shift. exactly when OU wins the conference, you know that they're freaking legit. Yeah. Um, then yeah, it, they I, win there's the no downside. You know here. that in that playoff, they are the team to beat. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. So yeah. yeah, it'll be, it's exciting. I don't timeline. I really hope it's not drawn out. I, I don't, I can't see the, the league existing for like four more years. I, I think a deal of some sort has to happen. Uh, I'd be really surprised if they're not playing, you know, like 2023, I can't see it like 2025 the first year. I think it would just be a dead conference year. for four years. What's the purpose of that? So yeah. I think 2023 is the year. Like I, I could see that the fact that like it was so out of the blue, they might not be able to get it organized for next season. But twenty twenty three season, yeah. But I also don't think it's impossible. You know, like I could see the Big Twelve folding pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, that's the dissolution of the league goes a long way because then they get out of owing, owing a lot of money. Uh, right. So another here's another thing about the money stuff. Um, I don't think the Big 12 can sue Texas. Um, this isn't legal advice. I realize I'm the, I'm the person on the pod who's going to law school. But some people were – I saw some discussion on Twitter about um, the about Texas 
sovereign immunity stuff, I think Texas might be damage proof. Like, I don't think you, I don't think they can be liable for damages under Texas law. Hmm. Um, so like, cool. I, I think Wait. like legitimately, I think that the, the big 12 is going to be left holding the bag when Texas decides to leave. Well, Oh, you might be different happen to but... a better guy. Yeah. I mean, I let's, Let's do this tomorrow. Like I, I mean, I I'm, I want to play this year in the Big Twelve. Like it's obviously, but it is going to be really cool. Like knowing that. I mean, everyone already hates us because we're so good. But yeah. like, there's going to be like an extra layer of hate. Let's start and chanting think, SEC at games oh yeah. this season. <laughs> I, don't I, know about that. <laughs> I want. I would be all in on chanting SEC at games this year. But as soon as we start in the SEC, I really don't want to do it. Because I think yeah, it's really yeah, I still think stupid. it's stupid, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just, I'm, I'm just imagining year, like though. before kickoff at the Red River Shootout, both sides of that stadium chanting <laughs> SEC. It's like a kumbaya yeah. moment. Yeah. The game. <laughs> <laughs> just, that just so you guys know, our our first big upset in the SEC, like that is going to happen. Like we are gonna, our fans are gonna ironically chant SEC. Even though it makes no sense, that yeah. that will happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we'll we'll forgive them. We know it means more. And right, this is awesome. It's got to be. It's Scott. I'm just so amused. The, the, those commercials with that little that white lady in the little white dress. She's gonna be talking about us now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna feel it soon. Yeah, we're gonna feel how much more it means. I don't have to defend a shitty conference anymore. Yeah. Not that yeah, I even really true. tried, but like, you know, when we go to the fucking draft and there's no big 12 people picked in the first round, you yeah. know, you don't have to try to rationalize that anymore because yeah. we're in, we're in the conference that's producing all those guys, you know, yeah. and those Alabama's numbers got six by themselves. And those numbers are <laughs> only going to fucking grow when you add OU and Texas in there. So wow. like, Texas. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're only going to grow just by the sheer fact the conference is getting bigger. You know, right. so I mean, it's this is going to be kind of crazy to to see how it goes. I hope you know we talked about Big Twelve teams. I hope they land on their feet, but also if they don't, other than maybe OSU, I don't really care. Yeah, I would like to see OSU wind up in a in a place where they can be successful for them. You know, yeah. but you get what you bring to the table. Do yeah, you think there's so. a chance? So there are a lot of SEC teams that do play out of conference rivals every year. Do you think there's a chance that goes that goes? I think, I like think we said totally about possible. Oklahoma State. I yeah, like I mean, we South said, Carolina from plays their, Clemson every yeah. year. Florida from their perspective, State. they probably sh- like the Pokes probably shouldn't, but like exactly. <laughs> well, they need something to sell season tickets if they're in the AAC. So that's yeah, true. they they can. <laughs> I, if I were them, I mean, I would maybe I would probably hold off on it for a few years. Build the hype back up like Texas and Texas A&M have been doing for so long. But, yeah, they, I mean, there's just almost no incentive for Oklahoma State to continue to play us. And it's the perfect – like, that is the one thing you can use. Like, whether you're bitter or not, you can use a fake sense of bitterness to cut that tie and get a loss off your schedule every year. Yeah. yeah. Get the band back exactly what Texas Nebraska. A&M did, for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Mizzou and Kansas, though, that wasn't – Mizzou wasn't cutting a loss. That was mm, actually right. kind of stupid of them. Um, <laughs> what well, would would you want OU to keep OSU? If we're just thinking of it from the OU standpoint, like, sure. would you want OU to keep OSU on the schedule? Uh, sure, sure, 
Yeah, I think that's um, fine. Yeah, I, I I would be fine with whatever. Again, from the from the big brother perspective, I, I don't want to have to do that to little brother every year. Sometimes <laughs> I like I I kind of want to leave them alone and just let them get some wins. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do we have anything else on this this whole thing? I think I'm very excited about it. I think we all are kind of there at this point. I, I just want I, to see an official announcement, especially if they can iron out timeline fairly quickly, yeah. because I want you to be able to recruit against or recruit with it. Yes. So I want them to be able to say we are joining in 2023. So that 2023 class can build the hype, that kind of stuff. Mm, so right. I don't want It'll, it to be in limbo for six months. Um, agreed. Yeah. Cause it could really, really help the 2022 class. You know, if it's like you yeah, got one, think, you got one year of big 12 football and then we're headed to the sec, you know, that yeah, would be the, incredible. The quicker they can confirm things, the better for recruiting. So get it, yep. get it straightened out. That's right. Cool. Do we want to end it there? Yeah. I'm yeah. good. I feel good about it. Yeah. This was, this was great. I'm glad we got all this out. I'm glad this is now out in the universe. Um, Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. I'm still trying to figure out how to get it on Spotify. There's something stupid wrong with our feed that I need to change. Um, what else we got? Um, follow us on Twitter at Perd underscore Happily, at not that Sam Davis at RW Maxi. Um, we're recording this Sunday the 25th. Tomorrow, Monday the 26th, we're going to be recording our last NBA podcast before the draft. So be sure to catch that. Um, and we'll see you guys later.